We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everyone to another edition of the irish breakdown podcast it is thursday so it is a i don't know if it's a special edition but we're gonna talk always special when i can do a show with you Vince. oh you know all the right things to say (laughs) you're such a romantic so (laughs) you just made it weird let's rock and roll what i do when there's a line i just leap over it i don't don't know you're a habitual line stepper i am i am a line stepper i understand it but today we are going to do uh our final defensive uh positional breakdown and uh we're going to talk safeties today and this brian is a very interesting position and we're going to kind of get into that here in the introduction as to why it's an interesting position going from last year and then you know morphing into this year and then obviously we know that it's been a buzzword in recruiting and and all of these different things Right. right and so this is a this is an interesting one that we kind of saved till last Kind of on purpose, uh, but there's a lot of intrigue to the safety position, especially going into this year, obviously in the future, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the 23 version of the safeties. There's a lot to be excited about, but then there's also a lot of questions. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Yeah, that's what makes it strange, right? Like when you when you evaluate the safeties, and I've I've tried to do a lot of uh, just kind of looking back at the season during the offseason and mm-hmm. you know looking back to what was okay is like my opinion of jd bertrand all right let me let me just make sure that i'm not like getting nostalgic and i'm going back and breaking down the film and you know uh you know feeling a certain way about the receiving core you know like was that an emotional response during the season go back and watch the film no no they were they were doing better than their number show all those type of things you kind of get into and you try to try to make sure that your things are fresh and that your opinions are accurate and all that type of stuff but then you look at the safeties and you're just like, it's a weird position to evaluate because they weren't bad last year. They also weren't good either. <laughs> they were just kind of there. Right. They didn't give up a lot of big plays. There were some, right, in, in, in the numbers that will, will manifest itself. They didn't get burned a ton on deep balls in the pass game. The safeties didn't anyway. There, there were times, but not. Sure. it wasn't really that often. Right. But then the other part of it, too, is they just didn't make a lot of plays. And it's just this really weird uh, dichotomy of of who they are is, you know, they're not a bad unit, but they're not a good unit either. Mm-hmm. And this year they've got to be a good unit. I mean, you, you look at the numbers last year and according to pro football focus, you know, Ramon Henderson only gave up 183 yards passing, but he allowed an 81.8 completion percentage, you know. Uh, looking at DJ Brown, he allowed 15 of 22 for 68.2, only allowed 144 yards, but very high completion percentage. Brandon Joseph, 11 of 17, 64.7. Houston Griffith was only 5 of 10. He didn't give up a lot of plays, didn't make any plays. And then Xavier Watts was the only one who had a who kept people sub 500, which is partly what we're going to get into, you know. But <laughs> right. they didn't have a lot of production either. I mean, they're, they're, when you look at interceptions, I think Brandon Joseph had two last season, I believe. Uh, maybe actually he might've had one called back. I know he had two against Syracuse, but I thought he did have one of those called. Definitely back. had the he one. Only had, only had one, but yeah, that was the only, the, the very important was one, the only interception that the safeties had all year. Yeah. Now, Brandon Joseph did have one that was negated by a penalty against Syracuse. Then you look at pass breakups. DJ Brown had two. Brandon Joseph had one. Xavier Watts had three. So Xavier Watts had half the pa- pass breakup. So that's seven passes defensed in an entire season. Yeah. That's terrible. That like Harrison Smith had that many interceptions in one season, mm-hmm. you know? And so you look at it and you say, boy, you know, they didn't have a lot of bad plays, some misfits in the run game. They didn't have a lot of bad plays in the pass game. They didn't make any plays either. They were just kind of there. And that'll get you so far. That'll get you to nine sure. and three, right? In my opinion maybe 10 and two, but if you're going to be a playoff team, you need your safeties to not only not just not be bad. Like the goal for a, for a unit at Notre Dame isn't to don't suck. Right. <laughs> right. They didn't. I mean, they right. were a quality unit. They did their job. There's merit to that. There's praise that sure. needs to be heaped on doing your job. Sure. But to be a starter at a place like Notre Dame, to be a unit at a place like Notre Dame where you're trying to compete for championships, you have to produce more. And, and, you know, that's something that you have to look at. Now there's a whole lot of reasons for it. You know, some of it's talent related, some of it's defensive related. They're sort of the last wave of defense, the way that Al Golden used them at times where they're not going to be in position to make a lot of plays. But then there was other times where they were, and it's not a coincidence that as soon as Xavier Watts gets put in the lineup, he starts making plays on the football, right? It's not a coincidence. They didn't change the defense. Right. A guy that was, you know, better at it. So this season, Vince, as you look at the at the safeties, 
the production has to be better. And, and there's, to me, when you're talking about safeties, production is in three, three, really four ways, the way that Notre Dame is going to use them. The lead, the lowest way is, you know, quarterback pressure, sacks, things like that. Sure. They're occasionally going to corner fire and, and that's all fine and dandy, right? The other way is you need more disruptive plays behind the line of scrimmage. When you look at the safeties last year, you had two tackles from loss from uh, Xavier Watts, uh, two from Ramon Henderson, one from Houston Griffith, and a half from DJ Brown. Five and a half. Another example of just media production. Right. Yep. And then, of course, there's pass breakups and interceptions. Like so, just in in those you know the third, fourth, and or second, third, and fourth, especially in the order that I gave them, you're going to need a lot more production this year. You're, you're going to need some more stops behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage. You're going to need more disruptives in the pass game. Now, part of that should be, hey, you're year two in the system. There should be some of that. The other part of that is is you know proper alignment. And you know this, Vince, at, at, the, at this level, when you're playing Ohio State, if you're supposed to be lined up right here and you're six inches off, that's the difference between you giving up a 25-yard completion and you making an interception or a pass breakup. Sure. I mean, it is literally – uh, that significant. I remember having a conversation one time with with uh, with Mike Elko, and he was explaining this. He was like, "Some about a big pass play they gave up against Stanford," and he's like, "Yeah, the safety was lined up six inches off." And I thought he was joking with me, right? I'm like, <laughs> you know, and he's like, "No, seriously." And he explains the play, and I go back and watch. It. I'm like, "Holy crap!" Like he's he's absolutely correct, right? He's absolutely correct. That's you know that that he just that little bit against the better teams on your schedule or even decent players can can be that different. So. All of that comes from just being in the system longer. But the being in the system longer doesn't get you from what was it, five pass, six pass breakups to 20 or 15 right. or whatever the case may be. And so those are the areas where you're just gonna have to see more production. And hopefully they can they can get to it. You know, I don't again, I don't think it's gonna be a situation where they're gonna make 20, you know, pass breakups and things like that. That's not sure. really what we're talking about. You know, but if you look at 2018, for example, and you look at the safety rotation, Jalen Elliott and Elohi Gilman just by themselves in 2018 had 12 just by themselves, right? And that was a year where you had Julian Love and Troy Pride had 26 combined, which is more than the entire cornerback room had last year. Nick Coleman had four, so that's 16. Houston Griffith had two, that's 18. Trying to look down here and see if there's any other safety. I mean, so 18. So, yeah, that's kind of 15 or 15 plus is where we need to be on pass breakups. Sure. You know, and then you look at interceptions that year. Jalen Elliott had four. Nick Coleman had one. Alohi Gilman had two. That's seven. So you're talking about 20 plus passes defensed from the safety position compared to seven. I think that puts in context sort of what we're talking about here about the lack of production that we're, we saw from this group. And, you know, the, the tackle for loss numbers weren't a whole lot different than, than what they were now, which is, you know, again, but that was a different kind of defense. They didn't trigger the safeties as much as they do now. They do, yeah. So those are just areas where you look at and say, again, they weren't a bad group last year. You bring back just about everybody that was, you know, that that made plays for you last year. You lose Houston Griffith. He was a just solid, did his job kind of guy. So, you lose Brandon Joseph, who sometimes was pretty good and sometimes was your worst safety. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. You bring in Antonio Carter. You bring in two freshmen. So it's going to have a little bit of a, a new look, but at the same time, it's the safety tandem we saw at the end of the year. I mean, right. or the safety trio we saw at the end of the year. Once Brandon Joseph kind of checked out, this was your trio, right? Mm -hmm. Xavier Watts, Ramon Henderson, DJ Brown. Yep. Now it's up to Chris O'Leary and, and, and Al Golden to figure out ways to get more production from this group. 
right? And a big part of that's going to be certain players stepping up, which we'll dive into. But it's a very weird position to evaluate, Vince. It really is. Because I watch him play, and I'm just like, there's not a lot to complain about as far as just like, oh, what a terrible play. Like, DJ Brown had a really bad fit on a run against uh, UNLV that helped spring open that seven-yard run. Like, took another dude out, just really bad angle. There's a couple plays like that, but those are going to happen. But then you're just watching like just but dude, until Xavier Watts became a regular, they just didn't make any plays either. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's got to improve a ton. Completely agree. And I I am as I sat back this morning and I was thinking about this position group and, and kind of the direction that we were gonna go. And I always I always think about okay, what how was it last year and what am I projecting for this year? And it's like for the first time since we've been doing these position breakdowns, it was like I had more questions in my head than I had answers. And you know that there there are some things that I'm I'm pretty certain are are going to happen, and then there so like I've, I've I tiered it out in my head right so it's like there's things that I'm certain are going to happen, there's things that I hope and could possibly happen, and then there's things that I just have no freaking clue. You know what I mean? And uh, you know we're going to start breaking down the guys individually, and and the first guy we're going to talk about is, is Xavier Watts, and and you you kind of touched on it. When you were talking about when he was inserted in the lineup, then plays started to, to be made, um, at least at the safety position, more so than they were before he was a regular in the lineup. I'll, I'll put it that way. And I would say that the things that I'm certain about pretty much begin and end with Xavier Watts. Like that for me personally, like I feel like I know that he's going to take that next step and be a dynamic safety. But we both know, and anybody that understands football knows, and our chat is, are those people, and the fans are mostly those people, you need more than one safety to be effective in any defense, in any defense, right? And and this defense asks the safeties to do a lot. So, you know, while I'm very confident in what Xavier Watts is going to bring to the table, Batman needs a Robin, man. Like, he needs to find somebody to just take that next spot so obviously we're going to talk about Xavier Watson what you think about him what I think about him you know that whole thing but then as we move forward after that though it's like that's where my questions start to come up agree with what you said but let me throw a little bit of a different angle out to your Vince okay you talk about Batman needs a Robin but Batman needs to be Batman first right And, and and that's the thing with Xavier is that sometimes it's it's not about you know what are your teammates doing to help you it's what are you doing to help your teammates sure right and that's you know to me that's a big part of when I look at Xavier and and, and I evaluate his play there's some things in there that he did last season that I really liked mm-hmm. and and where you're saying like that's the dude that we all thought he could be sure right like that's that's the guy that when you talk about Xavier Watts, that's the guy. That's why I graded him out as a top 100 football player coming out of high school. Now, I thought he'd be doing it at, at receiver, but right. we also said when they sure. signed him that, you know, this is a kid that to me can can do more than that. You know, he, he's not just that. And so you, you just you want to see that kind of consistent production from him. We saw flashes of it last year. Sure. You know, the, the last – the last, what was it, four games, you know, he had eight tackles against Navy, had nine against USC, um, and had some really big breakups against USC. He only had two tackles against Boston College, but I think they were both, like one almost a tackle for loss, you know. Uh, when you when you look at uh, this, his, his production last season, when he got more than 20 snaps in a game, it's like, you know, there's there's some things to really like 
about the, the the things that he did last season. So, I mean, Xavier Watts is a guy that has the potential to be a productive, really productive football player for Notre Dame. Now it's about just go out and and do it, you know. And then that's that's going to be the, sure. the the big key for him is he he did some nice things last year, but he's got to be better than he was last year. Absolutely, he's got to be more consistent. So, for example, when you look at Xavier Watts and you say, "Hey," Uh, those really two really impressive pass breakups that he had against USC last season. Well, one of those needed to be picked off. It, it just, it did. It needed to be picked off. You, you, you've got to make that play. And that's what, that's what kind of like next level players get mm-hmm. to. You look at the production he had down the stretch and you say, Hey, look, if you could be that guy on a more consistent basis, you now make things better because the things I liked about what he did last year, he was, he was by far their most disruptive safety. I mean, he had three, he had three pass breakups last season, which is literally half of the unit's entire production right. last season. Right. Right. But when you look at, you know, the, the number of snaps, he was he was third on the defense and number of snaps. But him and Houston Griffith and Ramon Henderson were all kind of in like that same 300 something something sure. category. And and so you say, hey, look, he's showing up the potential to be a disruptive player. But even then. He's got to make more plays. Now, here's what I liked about what I saw, what I did see from Xavier Watts that has me most fired up. He was their best run defender last year, and I don't think it was close. He is a really good come down in the alley type of guy. If you look at the pro football focus numbers last season, and uh, you know they they do this thing called uh, stops, run stops, right? And the way they define it is a tackle that constitutes a failure for the offense, and that can get into like if it's you know, third down and you stop them short of the first down marker. It can be uh, like first first and 10. It's got to be like less than four yards, depending on – I mean, I don't know how they measure it, but he had 13. The next closest last season was Brandon Joseph with seven. And Brandon Joseph played like almost 70 snaps more than Xavier Watts. So that's a part of it. So not only was he your most disruptive player in the pass game in in two categories, most impacts plays on the ball – Three three passes defense more than anybody else that they had. He also held opponents to sub five hundred, some sub fifty percent in completion percentage. Only safety to do that, and then he was also your best run defender. Right, right. So he's athletic, he's strong, he's instinctive. He's just one of those kids. Vince, you look at and you say, he's not going to go to the combine and run a four four. I don't think, but his other athletic numbers are going to be impressive to a degree. But even then, he's not going to be a combine warrior. He's a football player. And this is what I've always said about Xavier Watts. He's not going to be a guy that goes to some camp and, and blows you away. Put the pads on that kid and let him go play football, and you're going to be like, wow, this kid's a good fo- – he's not He's not real big. He's like 5'11", 200. He's not a 4'4 guy. He's a really athletic kid, but not a guy that's going to have like a 40-plus-inch vertical jump. He just knows how to play football. And that's something, honestly, that they've lacked at safety. They've had you know good athletes and, and – guys that are smart but not guys that are just man that guy's a football player and Xavier brings that and if he can be disrupted if he can take that here's the key you got to take that disruption and it's got to be a more consistent aspect of your game Xavier was really flashy last year in this area that we're talking about right there were just some moments where you're like wow that guy that guy's a really good football player I mean he he finished seventh on the defense and tackles last year you know I think it was like set 24 of his 39 tackles came in three games, right? There's got to be more consistency there. And that's what we need yeah. to see from Xavier. Because if he becomes more disruptive, 
and teams start saying, "Hey, we gotta we gotta not throw at number zero, right? His new number, right?" Then that allows Al Golden. Like the more players you have that teams have to game plan around, the better it is for you as a coordinator because you can then say, "Hey, I'm gonna put this guy in a situation where they have to throw to him." Correct. I'm gonna or or I know that they're gonna go after this guy in this look. We know they like to throw in this matchup, so I'm gonna have Xavier because. Notre Dame doesn't do anything with their their corners to kind of you know match up personnel wise. It's easier to do that with your safeties. There's just less room to travel, which is part of it. But you can go into a game and say, "Hey Xavier, you're going to be playing the field this week because we like this matchup. We want to you know they they like to go at this guy, and you're our best cover guy, and we're going to do this." Or you can have him into the boundary, whatever you know. You can do a lot of different things with him, Vince, and that's that's something that you look at and say if he can be that consistent disruptive player then you can utilize him that way. And now all of a sudden, if he's doing more of the get him in, in space, get him in coverage, and, and you can trust that he's going to be consistent, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're in situations where you can now protect the other safety position a little bit better. And you can use him a little bit differently. And so those are all just parts of what go into when you talk about this is this is why he needs to be that guy first. I don't want to talk about, hey, this guy needs to step up so that to help Xavier. No, Xavier needs to step up and be that guy first and foremost. And if he can be that and and be a guy that can make those kind of plays, then all of a sudden you've got a foundation to build on. And that's that's my whole point right there, Vince, is there's not that one guy that right now we look at and say, that's the guy you're building around. That's your guy, you know, like Alohi Gilman was, right. like Harrison Smith was, like, like um, uh, Kyle Hamilton was. You don't have that guy in the secondary. Xavier needs to be that guy. And if you're someone who read the intel piece that we put up, it sounds like he's getting there. And now it's, yeah. you know, because like, here's the thing. When Xavier's dominating workouts, you start getting excited because, like, you know he gonna, is going to, when the pads come on, he's going to play. And so that's just what we need to see. But he needs to sure. be that guy. To me, he is. he could be one of the biggest – and you know we're, I'm going to have that X Factors article here coming out in the next week, Vince. That you that you gave me an idea for. He's probably one of the biggest X Factors on defense. Agreed. And, and I I think it's hilarious that you know his name is they call him X. Right. But it's right. just it's no it's too pun easy. intended. Yeah, I mean right. it's too easy. No, like right. no no yeah. pun intended, but like <laughs> if he can be that dis because right now Notre Dame has disruptive players on all the level one and level two. Level two for me is corners, the way that Notre Dame plays. I don't I don't count say corners as level three. I, I get I get in normal football terminology. General that's terms. true. Right. But right, for right, the right. way Notre Dame plays with the man covers they play, you could argue maybe Cam Hart's a level three player because they'll play him more off man. But those guys are making plays on level one and level two when you watch right. the games. I mean, Let's watch Cam's the Clemson a, game. Bingo. <laughs> and 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 so uh, you know, to me, Vince. I'm talking about from like a structural standpoint, right? An alignment standpoint. They don't have that guy on level three right now. Agreed. If Xavier can be that guy, then all of a sudden your defense becomes a lot better. Right. A lot better. If he's not that guy and it's just another year of they're just okay. Sure. That's not going to be a problem in nine, 10 games this year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be harder to stop Ohio State if your safeties aren't dudes and what happened last year that was the one game brandon joseph played like the guy we thought he was going to be when they yeah. signed him got and us all excited like, about all right, it too cool, by the way I'm done. Yeah. you know i mean and and uh 
you know, and, and we, we just really didn't see anything again until late in the year when Xavier stepped into the, you know, I shouldn't say stepped in the lineup because he played against North Carolina, played a lot against sure. Stanford, played a lot against Syracuse. It's just he started getting more comfortable and making more plays. Now, is that just kind of got hot or is that the new normal for him? We're going to find that out, but they need it to be the new normal and they need him to take some of those pass breakups and turn them into picks and take some of those sure tackling the guy as soon as he catches it and turn those into pass breakups. That's the next level for Xavier. And if he can get there, this defense yeah. is going to be is going to have a chance to be really good. We, we know what we know what they got on the perimeter. They just got to get that back end figured out and be more productive. Something that you said that that resonated for me was that he can't just be we can't just be worried about him being good for him anymore. Now he's a leader and has to be good and bring other guys with him. And I think that is absolutely key. So like the visual that I have in my head is like, he's not operating with a safety net anymore. It's like the circus, right? Like he doesn't get the safety net. And and before, because it was a new position and he, you know, he was coming over and there was a transition period, all of those different things. It was like, okay, well, if he gives us plays last year, it's almost like a bonus. It's like, Hey, kind of ahead of schedule, making plays. This is great. Get him in the starting lineup the last quarter of the year, you know, all of those different things. Anything that he did that was super positive to me felt like a bonus. It, it felt like a bonus. Now I wanted to see him on the field more, and we talked about that, obviously. But in the grand scheme of things, it felt like a bonus. This year is a completely different mindset from the coaches, and then from guys like us, where it's not a bonus anymore. Like th- there are now expectations for Xavier Watts to be the leader on on the back end, and. One thing from a production standpoint, from a production standpoint, because I know he's a leader verbally. He always and and DJ sort of the 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 leader of the safety position, right? right? We're talking about on On the the field field. production, right? Exactly. Make sure people are understand. Absolutely, and and it it, it's twofold, right? His leadership and his maturation process is twofold. It's number one, he needs to take his game to another level, no doubt about it. You talked about that from a number standpoint, and then number two. He needs to bring some of these other guys along with him. He needs to be that leader on the field that is getting guys in place that that are, you know, he's not covering for them, but he's putting them in position to be successful. And he's doing it by what he does. They're watching him. They're learning. From, you know, whatever the case may be, he's bringing those guys along with him. So is that a lot of pressure on him? Yeah. But you know what? I don't think he would have it any other way. No, no. Anyone that knows Xavier at all knows that he kind of wants that. He, exactly. Which is because he's not, he's a real quiet kid. He's not like a real like flamboyant type of guy. Sure. He's he's that internally driven guy. Like he mm-hmm. wants all that smoke. He wants you to doubt him. He wants you. He wants the ball to come to you. He wants you to think that he's not good enough that you, you know, I'm going to throw at that guy. He's like, bring it. Right. That's just the kind of mentality that he has. He's a guy that wants he wants the opportunity. He think he Xavier thinks he's really good. Like he's not a kid. You got to convince, Hey man, you know, like I need more from you. You're a really good football player. No, he knows he's good. And he's been, that's part of the problem he's had. It's like, look, give me a shot. I'm out here making plays every day in practice. I'm out. I'm making plays on the ball. I'm, I'm dominating the Notre Dame DBs in practice. I'm making plays and and I'm dominating the first team defense and on on scout team. And you're not giving me that. Give me that chance. I want to go play. I want to show you that I'm that dude. Right. And that's why he embraced defense so much, because as soon as they moved him over, Marcus Freeman was like, hey, you know, we love you here. We want to keep you here like you're our guy. We, we see a bright future for you. And that was the first time he'd really been embraced that way. 
at Notre Dame is like a guy that they showed belief in because the guy that recruited him to Notre Dame, he never got to play for. That was Chip Chip Long is the guy that recruited Xavier Watts, not 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 Dell Alexander. That was a chip recruitment, right? And so they, I don't know, like maybe the maybe the coaches at Notre Dame didn't think of Xavier what Chip did or whatever the case may be, or that Marcus Freeman does. But once he made that defense and they they bought into it, and then there was the so, you know the cross training thing. What was that early last year, right? That yeah, well, it was when Avery went down. It was when Avery and, went down. Yeah, and so like eventually they said, okay, you're going to be there. This is actually going to be the first season he's going to be a defensive back the entire year. Right, exactly. And that's also a reason why I think we're going to see a jump. But he wants that. He wants that challenge. And that's what I love about Xavier Watts. You need guys like that, right? Like that's how that's how the great DBs are, right? They want to be that guy. They want to give that opportunity. You don't think Elohi Gilman was like, I dare you to throw the ball at me. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like he wasn't getting offended when they wouldn't throw it at him. He wanted him to throw it at him. And it's funny. I was talking to somebody that you know, close to Cam Hart. This off this uh, when you know I was told that he was coming back before it was announced. And one of the reasons why was because of Benjamin Morrison's emergence. Cam felt they're going to throw at him more. Now, you're a cornerback. Like normally, corners like don't throw at me. That's disrespectful. Cam's like, no, throw it at me because he just has that different mentality. Right? He wants you to throw at him. Why? Because that's my chance to go make a play. Exactly. It's my chance yep. to go do something. And you want more guys like that. So if Xavier can continue his coverage potential and then enhance it now that he's full-time, and you're talking about a safety that's a sub-50% completion percentage guy allowed, then you have your other cornerback who's right at 50 and Cam Hart, and then your other corner, Benjamin Morrison, sub-50 as well, all of a sudden Notre Dame becomes a really difficult thing to pass on. Right? Now it's like, okay, well, let's try to go at their linebackers. You know what I mean? And that's the impact that Xavier can have. Sure. And if I, I fully anticipate Xavier being that guy, like, oh we, my we're, gosh, we're going to have our most confident thing. This is one. Yes. Right? We like, don't even have to do, do that, that segment like, because this is this what is I'm just, most, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm most confident Xavier's going to be pretty good. Now, is he going to be all American good? I, that's a, that's a different kind of leap. Sure. But he's going to be the Jalen Elliott, Alohi Gilman good this right. season. He's going to be that kind of player. Then what does he do beyond that? That's going to be a bit of a question. Then it becomes Vince back to the circle back to where you started on this. Who's that next dude? Right. And that's where Ramon Henderson comes into play. Absolutely. Because he was the one that was getting a, a, a good amount of playing time towards the end of the season as well. Made some plays here and there. It, I feel like with him, it is a light bulb moment for him. It is the light bulb going to go on? for him and if it does he's got all the tools like he has the tools to be a really good safety but it, it, too many times in the past it's been well you're out of position oh you just made a great play in the end zone on a pa- on a play I'm, i just got done watching the clemson game yeah. last night made a great play oh, on the on the ball in the end zone yeah. you know exactly that, that the one they interviewed for targeting but then said that yes. they didn't target okay. yep because yeah. it was it was perfect he hit him in the chest he hit him with, with his, his shoulder yeah i mean it was it was textbook on what they want safeties to do on balls that are the, in play. the virginia game was one of the best individual safety games names had in the last five years his first game playing safety yeah. Right. You remember that? That he made yep. that Kyle Hamilton type play, and then he had yep. the, he had the blue came off an edge pressure and blew a guy up. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he he's made these plays that we know that he can make. It's can he be consistent with it? Can he be? 
Is he going to be a rotation guy who just comes in and makes some plays here and there, or is he going to be a guy that they can trust to come in and start and make those plays all game long? I think that's the biggest question mark with, with Ramon going forward. Since for me, when I look at Ramon, it's just like he's the polar opposite of, of complete opposite of Xavier Watts. He's the freaky athlete that's going to go to the combine and run a 4-4, jump sure. high, broad jump is going to be great. But his film is like, that guy's just not a natural football player. Right. And there's too much. Now, there's been times when that's not the case. But he's just his performance is so up and down. I mean, when, when you look at his, his production last year, Vince, I mean, there's things that you look at and you're like, man, that's – that's pretty good, but he also misses a lot of tackles. Him and DJ Brown both. Two, second and third are first and third on the defense last year, according to Pro Football Focus, and missed tackles. Between the two of them, they had 20. You cannot have safeties missing no. that many tackles. You no. can't. You know, you look at their missed tackle rate. You know, Ramon Henderson was was um, led this led second on the defense. Jordan Patel had the most, but that's because he played fewer snaps. You know, he had three sure. missed tackles on a small number of plays, which I thought it's it's a how how they their their miss percentage is your number of missed tackles related to your number of total tackles. It's not miss per per on the number of plays that you have. You know, J, uh, Z, uh, Ramon was twenty eight point six, so he, for twenty eight point six relative to the number of tackles that he had. DJ Brown was twenty point seven. Those numbers just cannot cannot yeah. be. And then then you look at Xavier Watts, and he's eight point nine. He only had four missed tackles all year. Sure. Right. Like you need more of that. You need him. Right. You need you Ramon to be that more consistent player. You know, when you look at Ramon and, and you look at the, the the plays he's given up, he, he he's 18 to 22 opponents were 18 to 22 throwing a ball against him last year, but only gave up 10 yards per, per completion. That's, you know, because he was just he was always like that second late. Right. The ball would get thrown. He, he would he'd make the play it, and he'd make the tackle. Right, right. Tackle, that's fine. Not the play. In, the longest tackle. reception you gave up all year was twenty six yards, according sure. to Pro. Again, these are these are Pro Football Focus numbers, and so you look at it and you say, "That was that was against South Carolina." You look at it and say, "You know, man, like, dude, you've got a chance to be a really good player. It just you need to be you need to really want it." And that's that's kind of my big question, Ramon: is how bad does Ramon want to be a great player? Mm-hmm. right how bad does Ramon want to really be an impactful player and and does the light kind of go on from an instinctual standpoint sure. and then the other part of it is I'm very curious to see how Al Golden's going to use Ramon this year because I think he now has a better sense of what's Ramon good at here's sure. the thing with Ramon I don't want Ramon playing a lot of man coverage just not his thing but you know jumping across jumping overs playing center field coming down in the alley to do certain things. He can do that stuff. And you know what Ramon's also really good at? He's your best blitzer from the th- from the second Absolutely. or third level, like as a safety. Like he is a pretty good blitzer. So there's going to be aspects of it where you can do that. But here's the thing. This is where it ties all together. Xavier Watts has to be able to come down in the alley, play man coverage, and play center field if you're going to be triggering Ramon, unless you're just r- rotating Ramon and Xavier at that spot, which you don't want to do. You want to have them together. So that's another part of it, Vince. Is I want something I want to see from Ramon is I want to see him being utilized more to attack downhill as a run defender, as a run stuffer. You know, he can be that, you know, that guy you're bringing on stunts. He can bring a guy, be a guy that you're triggering because he's long. He's six one and a half. He's got really long arms. He's a pretty strong kid. You know, and and so 
Now, how do you utilize him more effectively to his skill sets? Those are things that you're that we're going to find sure. out. But he's just a guy that that has to be more consistent. He's he was probably the most inconsistent. Like DJ Brown is who he is. You just say, hey, stop putting him in those situations. You know what I mean? Uh, but with Ramon, it's kind of like it's harder to do that with him because some games you're like, dude, he was really good today. And other games you're like, did Ramon was Ramon even out there? Remember there was that right. one game at home late in the year. You and I were looking at it like I'm trying to remember. I think it was I think it was the UNLV game. And you and I looked at each other like, did Ramon play? Like, like that's a good thing for a corner. Right. But for a safety, that's not a good thing. Because safeties have so many more opportunities to come make plays in the run game and, and different things like that. I was like, did Roman even play? And I had to go back and watch the film to even see if he was even on the field. And he played like 30 snaps that game. And you're like, yeah, that's not good. So that's the big thing for Ramon is he just he has to be that guy that's more consistent because he's got he's got the athletic tools, Vince. But the right. question we had about him when he came to Notre Dame was he was a great track guy. Like his he was a he was a sprinter. The question was, can Ramon be a football player? That was a bigger question. And we're gonna have we're gonna have to find that out, right? I mean, this is yeah, a guy against just re- I want to point this out. This yeah. is a kid that ran a 10-5-9 as a senior. Wow. Right? That's I mean, some, that's some good straight ahead speed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that kid can yeah. move. Sure. But is he a football player? Right. If that light goes on, and here here's the thing. If the light we talked about Xavier needs to do what he needs to build on what he did last year. Yes. If for some reason, and this is probably the biggest if that I have on defense, maybe on the entire team, if the light goes on for Ramon, and I'm not betting on it, but if it does, this defense is going to be insanely good because now you're talking about a six, one and a half long armed 200 pound kid that runs a 10, five, 900 meter dash that now has figured out how to play football on a consistent level with next to Xavier Watts with arguably one of the best corner, well, not even arguably one of the best corner tandems in college football. The arguable part is, are they the best? That's very debatable. They still have a lot to prove, but without just, there's no debate. They're in the, everybody thinks they're in the conversation that beat as a top five corner tandem. If all of a sudden Ramon and Xavier step up, that is that is to me the ultimate key to this team, and that's where the safety position is such a unique topic because that is a true statement. But the the ground they have to go from where they were to finish the the season to to that is enormous. Yeah, it's enormous. My my hope, my optimism comes from if you want to know why deep down I have this like this little strange thing of, you know, I'm actually kind of somewhat excited to see the safeties play is because. Go watch the second half of the South Carolina game and watch Ramon and Xavier and DJ playing in that game. And you're because remember, Vince, second half of that game, they completely dominated South Carolina. Yes, they did. Dominated South Carolina. Yeah. The only touchdown South Carolina had that game, you had a missed mistake by a corner, was that crazy pass to Jordan Birch on a, I believe, on a short field after, you know, but the, I mean, even when the offense was giving up pick sixes and giving them short fields with interceptions, the defense would step up and make stops. And the safeties were a big part of that, a big part of that. And, you know, Ramon, I talked about how Xavier led the defense in stops last year with 13. Ramon only had five. Two of them were in the South Carolina game. You know, so it's like he had six tackles in that game. Mm -hmm. You know, like he, 
he was disrupt. He had the fumble recovery. Remember where uh, early where Tariq Bracey stripped the ball and Ramon was right where he needed to be coming on a nice inside out angle. You know, Tariq had to force the Tariq did a great job of going outside to force the guy back inside. And then Ramon would have been there to clean it up. So even if the guy doesn't fumble, Ramon's there to make the tackle for a short game. Sure. But because the guy dropped the ball, Ramon was where he needed to be. Boom, right there falling. You say, well, Ramon didn't make a play. The ball He did make a play because if he's late getting there or not sure, I mean, he doesn't see that ball. Right. And then maybe somebody beats him to the ball. Like, you got to be where you need, you know, you're supposed to be. And so when you look at stuff like that, you're like, man, if, if he can give me, you know, but then you couple missed tackles like oh dude you know take a better angle to the football so sure but he showed me some potential in that game where it's like dude if he could do that on a more consistent basis if he could be that guy that was against virginia i mean because we talked about this vince remember the play kyle hamilton made against florida state in 2021 that everybody loves ramon made almost that exact same play against virginia almost exact same play it was the first game he'd ever played safety and you're like, man, I wish that guy could be there more, could do that more consistently. Because if those two players, if Ramon and Xavier play to their potential this season, then all of a sudden safety doesn't just become a not a, a, a weakness. It becomes a strength. Yeah. It becomes an impact strength. And uh, it could maybe somewhat salvage the 2020 class outside of Michael Mayer. Cause it's, it's been a pretty disappointing class up to this point. When you think about it, I mean, your entire you want to hear something crazy. Every receiver that Notre Dame signed from 19 in the 19 and 20 classes is no longer a receiver. Two of them are now playing DBs. The others are all off the roster. Wow. Yeah, and it's a little nuts. And that wow. 2020 class, it was only 17 kids. Five of them have transferred. It was actually 18 kids. One of them got arrested and kicked off, you know, released from his NLI. I remember Landon Bartleson. And then five of them have transferred. One guy retired to become a medical doctor, which I have no problem with Alexander Aaronsberger. And then of course, Michael Mayer went on but like, this is redemption year potentially for that 2020 <laughs> class with yeah. Chris Tyree, you know, with Xavier Watts, with Ramon Both Henderson, those guys are X factors, right? Jordan Patelho, Riley yeah. Mills, like that group has been a little disappointing so far. Now it's a chance for that group to kind of step up and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to make our presence felt now. And, sure. and it's going to come down to, I mean, these two are the, are, are, are the key to that Vince. Right. Ramon and, and Xavier, the key to that. Well, and that's, you know, of all the guys that we're going to talk about right now for the 23 season, in my opinion, that's the most high, that's the highest ceiling tandem for, for, for at safety in the 23 season. Would you agree with that? Say that again. That the combination of Xavier Watts and Ramon Henderson, if they both play to their potential, is the highest ceiling duo for the 23 season. Yes, for Notre Dame. Yes, yes. yes what I, that's what I was yes. referring to. Right. Yes. Now and there may be some guys coming up the pipe that could eventually have a higher ceiling. No, I don't even think that. Okay. Think well, there you go. On the roster. I mean, look, Xavier, Xavier, and Ramon are the two most high ceiling guys they have in the roster. Okay. Including there the freshman go. class. Okay. Now, you know, maybe Bronte Johnson, and but but Bronte's not part. Of, he hasn't signed yet. Right. 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 Uh, Davis Andrews is a kid that I love. If they're able to get him, but he's you know, if if Notre Dame gets him, he's still going to go on a Mormon mission. That's way down the road. Right. Right. Uh, you know, of the guys on the roster now, to me, those are the two high ceilings that you okay. have. Perfect. So to, to your point, Vince, it's not even just it's flat out. You're 100 percent correct. And then that ties into the third safety, returning yeah. safety. If those two break out now, you can utilize DJ Brown as a true rotation guy, meaning DJ can be that guy that you plug and play at both safety spots. Sure. 
and and now all of a sudden you can protect DJ a little bit more in certain ways and use DJ in the areas where he's a good player, but then limit because where where do you w- not want DJ Brown in space? Correct. In well, it's kind of hard to protect a guy playing forty snaps a game in the secondary from being in space. Right. Right. Well, now if you have that second that that second big time player, now maybe DJ is getting 20, 25 snaps. You can put him in the favorable matchups because DJ can play both safety spots better than I mean he mentally DJ can play both safety spots better than anybody. He's a really smart kid. He's a great leader, hard worker. Coaches absolutely love him. Players love him. Like that's the kind of kid you want. He just has limitations in space. He's just not a great space guy, right? Well, if you can protect DJ a little bit because your other two safeties can do so much, you can now each week say, okay, here's where we can use DJ, where he can really be effective, and we can kind of limit putting him in those positions where he's not as good. Because when when DJ Browns gets put in those situations and he gets beat, I don't even blame DJ Brown for that. He's giving you everything he's got. Like I've never once looked at DJ Brown and said, man, that guy's not playing hard. I, that guy's not bringing it today. It's why are you putting him in space like that? Now, sometimes he's got to make a mistake, right? Dude, take a better angle, make that play. All guys sure. make those mistakes. But it's like, why are you putting him in, in, in the alley like that and asking him to, to to play in space? That's not who he is. Right. And that, and, but that's that's another that's another example of where you the, the coaches need to know their players, right? And 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 this is a I'm not saying it's a problem, but I'm saying in the second year of a defense, you know, all of these different things, right? You have an opportunity. Okay, you've had over a year with these guys now. You know their strengths and weaknesses. If those two guys ball out like we hope they are, now, like you said, now you can put this guy in a position to where we know his strength. Let's put him in a position of strength so that he can help this defense. And you're not hamstrung by having him have to do everything, right? This, The best thing that could happen to DJ Brown is that Ramon Henderson yeah. steps up. Yeah, I mean, and I agree. You know, in, in a in a dark, quiet room, I, I bet you DJ would probably agree with that. You know what I mean? He wants to be the starter. Don't I, I get? I that, hope not. Like, I hope not. Okay, fair enough. I see what you're saying. But I, get, I, I, I think I say in a dark, quiet room, would the Notre Dame coaches feel that way? Okay, I can go with you on that. Okay, but I hope DJ's doesn't feel that way. It's kind of like Joe Schmidt. Like, did you want Joe Schmidt to go to the coaches and say, "Coach, look, man, I'm not getting it done. You need to put something." No, he's not going to say that because he wants to go out there and prove himself. And when he has a bad game, he wants to go out there the next week and play better and not right. have a bad game, right? Sure. You hope that he has that mentality, uh, but the coaches need to kind of have that way, have that kind of uh, kind of look at it. So, but again, it, it that's that building block that we talked about at the very beginning, Vince is, and and I think you hit on it pretty well. Is you know, Batman has to be Batman first, but if he is, then and Robin steps up, then all of a sudden. You know, you're you're good there now. It even it, it impacts the entire depth chart, right? And and you start getting a little fired up about what they potentially could be. And you know, those are the only three knowns that we have, right? Everybody else at the safety position is a new guy. Yeah, exactly. Which says a lot about you know. And and here's part of the reason why I'm actually somewhat confident that the, that we're going to get that maybe they don't all reach their full potential, but we're at least going to get better plays. I actually do think Chris O'Leary is a good position coach i do too you don't see the safeties out of position a whole lot you know you don't see them with just really bad technical mistakes right sometimes they'll take bad angles with the football that's something that's got to be improved but the fact that they weren't a super talented group last year but they did their job that's a good that's a sign of good coaching Mm -hmm. now it's about figuring out a way to take that next level okay yes you've done a good job teaching them the fundamentals now can you take teach the next level where maybe you're helping them know the offense even better and I, and I mean offense, 
where you're you're doing more to challenge them in the film room. So they see those little tells. Ooh, when this guy lines up like this, seven out of ten times he's running an over route. And so I'm going to position myself to jump that sucker, right? That mental part of the game. That's that next level thing that you want to see from your position coach, right? Yeah. And and that's that's where I want to see from Chris O'Leary this season. But he's done a good job teaching the basics and the fundamentals and stuff like that. And 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 you know, getting good solid play from a group that didn't necessarily always have the most talent or the best attitudes. And now you've got, you know, at least two of your three veterans are guys that I know their 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 attitude is the right way. With Ramon, I just don't know. He's just such a unique kid. I'm not saying he has a bad attitude. It's just harder to read him. Right. You know, and sure. and uh but man when he's on though, bro, he's he can do some things. And so I I'm, I'm confident they're going to at least play better, but the floor is kind of low for from a production standpoint to play better. That's true. And and so how much better is the question right. that we're going to have. And that's the hardest part for me. Like, you know, bold predictions and all of those different things. And I generally when I do a bold prediction, I go with a with a stat. And we're not getting there yet. But like that's been the hardest part is like coming up with a stat mm-hmm. that is a bold prediction because what they've done in the past with this particular group is so low. And, you know, so it, it's, it, it's difficult. There's no doubt about it. I've had to kind of revamp my thought process on what a bold prediction is for this group. Yeah, it, it <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a tough group to read, right. man. It well, really is a tough group to read. Let's talk about these newcomers for a second, yeah. and 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 we'll talk about the uh, the transfer first, right? We'll mm-hmm. we'll talk about uh, Antonio Carter. What is his transition like? Because didn't he play mostly corner? It's a corner, yep. yeah. He played mostly corner at his last stop, Rhode Island, I believe. And you know now they're asking him to play safety. And I know you know I've heard Ryan talk about the fact that he you know he's he has spoken. Uh, to a- Antonio's uh, coach and how they could basically put him anywhere and he was successful and Great he learned tackler. the position very quickly. Yeah. Yep, and he's fundamentally sound. You know, all of those different things. And that's awesome. And that's what you want to hear. There's no doubt about it. But the biggest question mark for us going into his first season in a Notre Dame uniform is how does that translate to the Notre Dame defense at safety? So new position, new team, new coach, you know, all of those things, yeah. right? What what does that look like? Because we also haven't seen him yet. Right. You know, and so this is all going to be brand new. I think with Antonio, he's going to have a little bit more of a transition year than some than the other transfers. Because when you look at like Javante Jean-Baptiste, he's going from one power five school to, that was a playoff team to another power five school that wants to be a playoff team. You know, Thomas Harper is a guy that, you know, played in a, a complex defense under Jim Knowles, right? So picking up Al Golden's complex system is not going to be as hard as it would for a guy that came from a real basic, you know, just line up and be fast type of defense, right? right. So you, you expect the transition there. Sam Hartman's played a ton of football. Antonio Carter's played a lot, but he played at the FCS level. Now he he played the FCS level that he played in. That league produces a lot of transfers that go on to be really good Division One players. Jared Verse, the defensive end from from Florida State, uh, is that guy. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> I just got the text from you. Why did you send me that while I was in the little talking? <laughs> I did that on purpose, I think. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, so, 
Um, Vince is killing me today. Uh, but when you, when you, you know, the, the transition he's going to make is a little tougher because sure. he's not only moving from the FCS level to division to power five, right? He's doing that. Like when Jared verse made that transition, he's first of all, he's a more talented player, but there's been other guys, right? So like the receiver from South Carolina last year, the uh, Antoine Wells, he came from this league. So this kid's matched up against him. Sure. You know, Anto- but the difference, Antoine Wells went from being a receiver at James Madison to a receiver at South Carolina. Same position. Right. Right. This kid's not only making the transition from FCS to Division One and one of the best FCS divisions, but he's now having to switch positions. Right. And playing in a complex defense. Right. Sure. So I don't have super high expectations for him for this year. I think okay. what I expect is hopefully he can be that number four safety. You know, be a starter on all the special teams, uh, get some reps at safety early. You know, maybe as that number four guy. Okay. Not maybe not play a ton, but then as the year goes on, maybe plays a little bit more. And then if they lose a couple of these guys, because DJ's definitely gone. Right. If Xavier has the kind of breakout we think he can have, it's going to be hard for him to decide to come back. You know, he may be ready to go. Who knows? You know, I mean, Ramon's a fifth year guy, correct? So he actually Ramon's a night was in the 19 class, not the 20 class. Ramon okay, is 19, 20, senior, senior. It says on the roster. Okay. So then he was a 20 so, guy. So yeah. he was in the, let me just look that up. Cause that's going <laughs> to, that's going to bother me. Cause I thought he was 2020 class. Yeah. He's 2020. So I was right. I was right. So he's, got, well, he's got he's one more year. He's got one more year left yeah. because now the 2020 class is the one class that the COVID year doesn't give them an extra year. Okay. So it's it, 20. It, it and only beyond. gives them an extra year if they played that year. Right. So like okay. if you were in the 19 class and you redshirted in 19 and then played in 20, you technically have two red shirts because 20 doesn't count. Gotcha. You can't double up one season. So the guys that redshirted in 2020 don't also get another COVID year. Gotcha. So he, he only, he's a traditional fifth year guy next right. year. That's why it says that's why it's senior right. senior. So he could correct. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully he comes back, you know, if he does well, but that's where you're kind of hoping that's partly, and this is what coach Freeman explained when he talked about Antonio Carter was this is a guy that part of the reason we liked him was that he did have that second year and that he did have, Hey, come here, transition, learn, right. be special teams. If you're, if you work around the rotation, great. If not next year, you're coming out and you're going to be a guy as a potential to be a guy. starter. Yeah. Right. 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 Because we may lose our, all three of our veterans from next year. So that's my expectation. I really hope that I really think his biggest impact in year one is going to be in coverage on special teams. That's where I think his biggest impact is going to be. Because okay. also, if the what we talked about earlier, if Ramon and Xavier step up, then it's going to be harder to justify getting Antonio 30 snaps a game. You know, but they they like to use four safeties. And I could see him sure. being one of those guys that that is part of that four man's safety rotation. But I could also see one of the freshmen being that guy mm-hmm. as well. To be honest with you, and I also think what we'll see even more of this year is, is if Ramon and Xavier are that guy, doing seeing more of what we saw in the bowl game, you know, which is more of a they played four safeties in the bowl game, but it was like three played more, you know, and that's kind of what I think we could see in the bowl game is is a little bit more of that is is more of a three man rotation where Xavier is. you know, or where where DJ is sort of that that third guy, or or Ramon is that third guy. One of those two guys is kind of that third guy. Is kind of how I see see that maybe shaping out a little bit more if if one of those younger guys isn't ready to play. Right. But I think ideally they'd like because because 
remember they had Houston Griffith in that game, but I think he only played a few snaps. He didn't play a ton in that game. He was mostly playing on special teams. So it was more of a true three-man rotation. They'll they'll have no problem doing that, but I think they'd like to have four, especially sure. in some of the games, you know, Tennessee State, Central Michigan, of course, Duke, Louisville, you, games two like that. Two fresh guys can come in. Not, not fresh, right. but you know what I mean. Guys yeah. that may rotate in, but they're going to get, you know, right. you'll have two separate guys from the starters. They're going right. to get a bunch of snaps potentially. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. I, those guys are going to have to force their way onto the field is the point. They're Correct. not just going to be in there because they're number four. Right. The number Absolutely. four guy's going to have to, the number three guy's going to play. Mm-hmm. Right. No, Absolutely. no doubt. The number four guy has to show that he's ready to play. He's not going to play just because he's the four. Because, because, and that's partly of, of, there is some interchangeableness to how they use the safeties. Right. Ramon can play either, you know, Ramon can play their spot, but he's probably better in the boundary. Uh, Xavier can play their spot and DJ can play their spot. Although I would also argue that DJ is also better in the boundary. So, um, you know, between the three of them, you can get all the snaps that you need. Sure. If, you know, it, it depends on how you're going. And, and the fact that, you know, one guy that we need to talk about that actually was not in our uh, overview events that we need to talk about is Thomas Harper. Sure. Because we didn't talk that... about the corner spot either. <laughs> that's a good point. Technically, he's a safety. Yeah. And, and we could see him playing safety, too, because that's the other thing is, is that's where we might see that fourth safety is in, in base. If they're if they're playing a game like against Navy where they're not playing a lot of nickel. And Thomas Harper might be your rotation safety in that game. He might sure. be your number four. The you know, when you're playing so some weird. of those more, yeah, yeah with, with how they put defense on the field and who's playing and what the rotation looks like, and right. like I can't wait for people to overreact at, at the defensive rotation against Navy. Like that's oh, yeah. what I'm totally anticipating. <laughs> but like yeah. you know, prime example is they might be using Thomas Harper in a different way. Maybe he's maybe he's playing the lone safety in the back because they want him shooting you know, shooting the gaps, you know, I mean, who knows how they're going to play the de- right. you know, play defense on. The right. Game. So, I mean, I fully anticipate Thomas Harper being the nickel this year. Right. But there's going to be games where you're not using your nickel as much. Sure. How are you going to utilize him in those games? He'll be part of the safety rotation because part of how Oklahoma State used him, he was a nickel, but he would then rotate as part of the nickel. They would roll a guy down. He would sure. play off the ball. He'd do some different things. You know, and so he he's but he's if if they if they take away the nickel, he's playing safety. And we don't talk a lot about him as a safety, and I hope that we don't have to talk about him a lot as a safety because if we're talking about him being a, a a regular at safety, that means something bad happened at safety, and they sure. had to move him there, which then hurts you at nickel, right? Because this kid is an excellent nickel, in my opinion. Like you go pop in the Oklahoma State film, I'm because like it was one of those ones like right. I didn't hear. I didn't know who he was. I mean, I I knew the name because I'd sure. you know studied Oklahoma State's stats and stuff. But like, you're like, okay, well, let's let's go watch the film. My numbers are pretty good. PFF numbers are pretty good. You know, actually had numbers better than Treat Bracy in some areas. Let's pop in the film, and then you pop in the film. You're like, wow, this guy's really good. And then you see what happened in the TCU game where they were shutting TCU down. He was playing great football. He gets hurt. And like the series after he gets hurt, TCU goes down to scores. And that's when TCU made that big comeback against Oklahoma State because he was out the rest of the game. Yeah. I don't think it's the only reason, but it was definitely a factor. And then right. the Oklahoma's defense fall, state defense falls apart second half of the year. And only played one game during that stretch. And he was very good. He was every bit as important to their defense as Tariq Bracey was in their days. Imagine if Tariq Bracey would have got hurt in the middle of the season and they didn't have him the rest of the year, right? Like it, it was a similar impact. And I would even even argue more so because 
they didn't have Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart sure. and Xavier Watts and other players like that down the stretch. So Thomas Harper is another guy that we that, that I could see being part of this rotation, but ho- two things hopefully happen. Number one is you hope that they use him more at nickel. And number two, you hope that other guys, Antonio Carter, and we'll talk about Ben Minnick and Nadon Schuler. you hope that they step up as well to where you don't need to cross-train Thomas Harper as right. much once you get into the season because, like, hey, we're good here. Go be the very best nickel that you can be. And then within that nickel role, you can do – see, here's the thing is if having a guy like Thomas Harper compared to Tariq Bracey, and this is how Oklahoma State used him, and I hope that Al Golden and, the, and Chris O'Leary and the defensive staff, Mike Mickens – uh, and and um, the linebackers coach Max Bulla, I hope they study Oklahoma State's film as far as how they how Harper played. Not study it for schematic stuff, but what they did is there were times they would actually roll their safeties. So like they would actually have Thomas Harper go back and bring that other safety down, and then Thomas Harper would almost play as an you know a hash safety. Mm-hmm. right or he would kind of be in the middle of the field and then the other safeties would be here and they'd kind of like run fit the safeties and the linebackers would play out that's a little bit exotic but the point is Tariq Bracey was a corner you were not going to be putting him on deep deep half or playing quarters off the ball Thomas right. Harper can do that he can play right. over the top off the hash you can be more multiple when quarters. the nickel is yeah. in there yeah yeah right. you can do some different stuff with him and I hope that they get some of those things Sure. That's where you hope the safety impact and the safety play can be sure. can be there as part of because then you're basically now in a three safety rotation mm-hmm. as opposed to you know a three corner alignment like they were last year right and I think that's an area that Thomas Harper could help this football team a little bit but I just don't think he is a full time safety right that's just that's my thing I don't right. I don't he was definitely a better player on level two than he was on level three, but he could, he could do the job on level th- level three in that way that the Oklahoma state used him. And we'll see how Notre Dame uses him this year. I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you, <laughs> but it's going to be interesting. But yeah, I mean, we don't have a nickel breakdown, right? We're not having a right. nickel show breakdown. Well, it'd be very short. Right. I mean, we talk about Thomas Harper and, and Clarence Lewis and Ryan right. Barnes basically, but like we already talked <laughs> right. about Lewis and Barnes and the corner wrote. Right. Exactly. So I completely, I keep forgetting about Thomas Harper's being a safety. Yeah. But he's another guy that that could factor in if there is a need, more of a needed safety this sure. season. But I really like that kid's nickel film, Vince. Like, really like his nickel film. It's impressive. It really is impressive. You know who else has been impressive? For those who read the Intel piece. Ben Minnick. Yeah. And I finally was told the correct way to pronounce his last name. I was going to ask you that because I, I heard you say it, so I'm mimicking you. Yeah, because I've been I, saying Minich. Right. Because it's I-C-H. And correct. The sound, I mean, sandwich, I-C-A, I mean, you know, I mean, but, yeah, yeah. you know, Ick is I-C-K, but it is what it is. It's Minnick. Okay. So Ben Minnick. So now we know, which is now good. we know. And I do so, value getting it right. So that's why absolutely. I was finally able to get someone to tell me uh, the absolutely. other day what, what that was. So yes, Ben Minnick has been a guy that uh, has been impressive. He was impressive up until the thumb injury in the spring. And he's been impressive in the summer. And when people tell me impressive, it's not just so much that he runs around and he's, he's you know, but he actually makes a lot of plays in the ball. And that's something that this secondary needs. And I think that's that's going to be something that's going to give him a chance to play this year is, hey, you know, he, may, he may not always be in the right spot, but this guy makes plays. And they need right. more safeties that can make plays, in my opinion. And hopefully Ben can be that guy. Yeah, I mean, that was very when – was, when I was reading through your intel and uh, it was – 
Which is great because I, I love finding out the intel just like everybody else, by the way. Uh, I love reading Brian's intel. And it's funny because he texted me this morning. He's like, hey, did you read my intel? I was like, yeah, man, it looked good. And uh, I because, you know, I don't like to be bothering him. Well, hey, what have you heard about so-and-so? What have you heard about so-and-so? So I get it when you, you know guys I get tell it. you. Like, I've of never. Course. No, 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 of course. But, like, I don't want to bother you with that. You know, you're working. Like, I, I get it. So I love reading the intel. And when I was reading Minnick's intel, I was like, okay, like. Because he flashed in the spring and at, at some of the practices that we were at, like he was flashing. There's there's no doubt about it. And it was like, okay, this is an early enrollee who who is flashing at safety in a place where we didn't see a lot of flash, going back to what we were talking about in the intro. And so I was very excited to see that he has continued that because I was worried with his with his injury that he had that he might, you know, his growth might be stunted a little bit. You know what I mean? Or, or his maturation process yeah. at the position might be stunted a little bit, but it doesn't sound like that's the case. Well, and and it was a thumb. So he could right. still like, you know, move around and absolutely. Know. So I was excited to read that. I think playmaking is a premium at the safety position. And I think if you can make plays, and I know that Ben Minnick can make plays, that's going to allow him to be in the mix. Right. And that's I think that's cool. Like, I, I'm excited to see what 22 is doing and where they've got him at the beginning of the fall to, well, not the end of fall, because we're not going to be there. But like to the middle, to the, you know, three quarters of the way through the fall when we're still being able to see some camp and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's exciting to see what Ben Minnick brings to the table, because like you said, they could lose the three veterans next year. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, OK. This is what's next. Yeah. So and and he's an interesting one because I remember when when Notre Dame got him, we had two thoughts on it. Like junior film, it's not a, that's not that's an Indiana Purdue guy, right? But we we said, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let's see how the senior year plays out because people that I know and trust around the program said this kid looked phenomenal at the summer camp. He's made a big jump, right? Okay, cool. Here's where I have him now. Let's see what he does. And then he goes out of senior year and he plays great. I had a friend of mine, a uh, guy, well, a guy I used to know, don't really talk to him all that much anymore, but uh, he's an Ohio State guy. Okay. And and he does like high school football games. Like he call, he like does play by play. Yeah. And he calls me, he did a playoff game with Lakota West. And he says, Hey, look, uh, you know, I love Malik Harper. He goes, I said, he goes, but uh, the best player in the field today in this game was Ben Minnick. Like he was phenomenal. He was their best player for like Lakota West. Well, you know, I had Malik Harford as a top hundred player. And then you just watch Ben as a senior and you're like, okay, he ended up with a four-star grade, uh, you know, and you know, he's a big reason why the entire defensive class last year, which is really nuts. The entire defensive class last year earned a four-star grade on the IB board. Hmm. Like to the, it was to the point where I was like, dude, I got to reevaluate all these guys because there's no way that, you know, and then I reiterated them all. And I'm like, yep, they're all four-star guys, you know? And, and Ben's a guy that, just made that jump. And the reason he made the jump is because he had a, he had a burst, a jump in athleticism, even a bigger jump in athleticism. Cause he was always really smart and heady. And, you know, you, when guys look like him, they get that, you know, he's really smart, you know, and, and, right. you know, other guys get that. Well, he's just really athletic. It's like, okay. You know, well, that guy's pretty smart too. And this guy's pretty athletic too. And, and uh, you know, that's one thing I do like about the freshman class though, is, is Ben is really smart and a Don Schuler is really smart. And, that's why the thing I liked about their film is they both make a lot of plays in different ways. They complement each other really nicely. Adon is more of a get downhill alley guy, you know, make plays against the run, jump the tight end routes. 
Ben can play, you know, showed as a senior can play center field a little bit more. He can be a cover guy. He's a really good trigger guy, you know, a guy that you're bringing on pressures and stuff like that. Uh, I promise you that Ben Minnick is going to block at least one or two kicks in his career. I, I bank on it. I'm just telling you right now, like he's going to be that guy. But man, I got to tell you, like hearing that what he's broken out and and we got to see what a Don Schuler can do. Unfortunately, he missed the whole spring with a shoulder injury. So, but he he's probably going to be a year away. But you're going to need him to grow up fast in a hurry too, because even if he doesn't play a lot this year, you're definitely going to need him to play next year. There's no doubt about it. Exactly. And, um, exactly. You know, so we'll see how the group develops. But you know, Ben right. breaking out was huge for Notre Dame. Yep. Because yep. now you have a little bit more insurance at safety, where if he doesn't play, it's because and he's healthy. It's because other guys are playing well. Sure. If they're not playing well, you have a kid that you can put in there, and he's going to be have a chance to be a good football player. And they needed that because if, if Ben was what we thought he was as a junior, then they're in trouble mm-hmm. if one of the veterans goes down. Sure. But yeah, he's no, he's exciting. And, you know, he's got a classmate that is, that is equally exciting, at least coming in as a recruit. And that's a Don Schuler at safety. But he was battling an injury, I believe, in the spring. And so we didn't we never actually had a chance to see him, did we? In the spring. Mm, he, no, he was out. He was, he out. was out. That's what I yeah. thought. So nope. so he was out, but he's back. And uh, that was obviously also in the Intel piece and uh, looking pretty good. Now he's, he's behind because he was out in the spring. And so what does that look like moving into fall camp and things like that? And his ability to, you know, potentially get on the field, et cetera. Where do you think he kind of falls with all that? Because I think his future at Notre Dame is very, very bright, but we're, you know, this is a positional breakdown for 23, not a recruiting breakdown. So, you know, how do you see him, contributing to in 23 I, I if he does it'll probably be on special teams okay that's what i right? figured you know and, and the other thing too is with 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 adon i'm going to be careful with adon if i'm notre dame because mm-hmm. the last thing that you want is for a safety to develop a habitual shoulder problem that's a great way to have a kid's career gets get tanked yeah just snuffed and, out and adon can be a five-year guy i think you know a lot of skill players i don't view as five-year guys but adon can be a five-year guy you know, let him maybe play four games this year, you know, late game stuff, and then redshirt him, and then let him have that four years afterwards. I don't always feel that way, but I feel like he's a guy that I would do that with because of the injury. Okay. So hopefully, now, I also am a believer that if he is that good on special teams where you're like, this dude is a starter for us if we didn't choose, then you, you, you play him, mm-hmm. right? Because I do I do believe in, in, in special teams and those type of things. So um, I'm a... I really want to see him. I would love to see him take a year and get that okay. shoulder right. Sure. So that way this doesn't become a habitual problem. Let me ask you this, Brian. Does your decision to redshirt him, if you're the coach, I'm going to put you in the coach's room, right? If you're a coach and, you know, he's not quite ready for fall camp, does your decision to redshirt him depend on how much fall camp he's able to get in? No. No. Okay. It it would it would be determined by the rest of the depth chart. Okay. If I feel good about, if I felt good about where I am with at least four to five of my other guys. Okay. Then I'd say we can take our time with the Don. Okay. Right. Like, and, and, and I'd sit down and have that conversation with them and say, Hey, look, here's, here's where we're going to be. Here's what we need to do. Here's, here's how we're going to get to this. And then, um, 
I need you to be ready mentally because if something happens, we're going to, but here's why we're doing it. Right. So now here's the other part of events. If he just flat beats people out in fall camp, then he's going to play. I mean, that, like that's the other part of this is like, if bet, if Adon goes out there in the spring or in the fall camp and he's just one of your four best safeties, you got to play him. I mean, it's just, that's the reality of it. Sure. You don't ever redshirt a kid who's one of your better players just for whatever reason, as long as he's healthy for me, I would just simply say, if he's not one of those four, that's the post fall camp conversation I would have. Right. Is we want to take it, take it slow with you because of the shoulder. We want to get you healthy. And hey, look, man, we're we might lose up to three of our safeties this offseason. Right. We can't go into next year with you being questionable because there's another setback because of your shoulder, whatever the case may be. Right. That's the way that I would look at it. Okay. So yeah. I like it. That's how I, I like treat it. him. So we kind of talked about what we're most confident in. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of reason to uh, to belabor this point because we're both confident in Xavier Watts and kind of what he brings to the table and that he's going to take that next step and, you know, not predicting All-American, but at the same time predicting that he's going to be a dude at safety for Notre Dame. I, yeah. That's what I'm most confident True. about as well. No doubt about it. So we get to the fun part of our, uh, our our little breakdown here. And and I mentioned before, and, and I'm talking about, or I, I, I take it back, our biggest questions. We kind of talked about those as well already. Pretty much anybody not named Xavier Watts is a question well, as far even as... He's, I mean, the, the question marks are just, are, sure. to, to sum it up, Vince, is will these guys play to their potential? Right. That, that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. Yep. I, I agree. Mean, you know, it, it really comes down to that. It's It's, yes, the town is there, but... Right. Will they do it? Will Xavier Watts be able to be consistent? Right. We know he can make plays, but is there another level for him to get to? We're right. going to find out. Yep. No, Ken Ramon is Ramon Henderson even capable of being a consistent guy? I, I don't I don't know that he is. I mean, so there, those are all parts of it. Will the new guys be able to help out and, and make an impact? We, we don't know the answers to those things. Sure. And we're going to find that out. You know, that's the thing. We're going to find that out. And, right. you know, I don't know what that is going to be, but that's the biggest question. Or are they just going to be what they – I mean, because there's a chance, Vince, even with Xavier Watts, that that they're just what they were last year. Right. So let's say Xavier has a couple big games. Well, okay, then he's Brandon Joseph. You know, he, right. He, that's what Brandon gave you. He's great against Syracuse and great against Ohio State and just kind of blah the other games. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Well, okay, you're right back to where you were last year. Sure. You know, and, and that's the biggest question is, is there another another level for these guys? I mean, that's a that's a fair question. We think there is. And and you know, and and but even if if Xavier jumps up, that's just one guy out of three to four that are gonna play. Right. You know, they, they need the whole unit to get better. Cause if if it's just Xavier and and teams say, okay, we won't throw at that guy anymore. But you're still a problem at your other safety position, then you're you know, and your linebackers aren't covering better, then you're still exactly where you were last year, basically. You know, um, that's that's the con- that's the concern for me. And then the other concern is obviously will the new will the newcomers be able to make an impact? Because we hear things about them, right? But it's one thing to hear something; it's nothing for them to go and actually do it. Absolutely. And that that to me remains a question mark at this group. And of course, big picture question mark is will this group produce a lot more? I mean, th- th- I don't think they can do worse production wise. I, I, I don't see if it, I don't see how it can get worse than it was last year. Agreed. But how much improvement is okay? They had. They had seven passes defense last year, so was it nine this year? That's right. not much of an improvement, right? Sure. They have to at least at least double 
everything. The 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 total number of passes defense. That's breakups and interceptions come at least double. And I would argue they need to come close to tripling it if we're going to be honest about it. And no, I don't count the nickel as part of that. I count the nickel as part of the sure. corner production. But if they use Thomas Harper in a different way than they use Tariq Bracey, then we can maybe have that conversation. But you need at least two and a half times the production. You know, so if you had seven this year, you need at least 17 is where I'm going to look at it. You, you, ha- you have to get there. You have to have that kind of disruption. If they don't, they're going to they're gonna have some problems. You know, as far as when it comes to – you're not beating Ohio State if your safeties are having no impact in the game. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, part of the reason that you were able to beat to play with them last year is because your safeties did make plays in that game. Well, then they right. didn't make any, you know, a, 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 against Stanford. They didn't make any against Marshall. You know, they didn't make enough against USC. Those are the those are the different aspects of it, Vince. That uh, you say how how much more production will they get from the safeties this year? On ball production, right? And that's something I would tackles for loss, pass breakups, interceptions. How much more on ball production will they have this year? Because they need a big jump, and that's asking a lot. You know, I mean, that's a from guys that played a bunch. I mean, all sure. three of the guys that we're talking about that need to produce better, they all played at least three hundred snaps last year. Vince, these aren't guys that like DJ Brown played over five hundred snaps. Wow. Ramon Henderson played three hundred sixteen and uh, three hundred nineteen, and Xavier Watts played three hundred sixty six, according to Pro Football Focus. So these aren't guys that played 100 snaps and, you know, you're hoping that now that they're full time, they can, no, these were guys that were rotation players from Notre Dame last year. Right. You got to be, you got to need more production. Have to, have to. Agreed. So speaking of more production, let's talk about our bold predictions. And I I mentioned earlier in the show that this one was harder for me because I like to do bold predictions based on numbers and things like that. And so I've got one that involves numbers and then I've got one that involves a player. And where I think he'll be. So, how do you want to do this? You want to give yours? You want to give one of yours first? Well, you go. You do yours first. Okay. All right. So my first one, and, and we talked about the numbers, and I'll just remind everybody: five and a half tackles for loss, six or right, seven passes defensed, six pass breakups, one interception. Like those are the numbers for the safeties last year. So my bold prediction is that Xavier Watts will do that by himself. Okay. This year. By himself. And Just I actually tackles for loss number. I, yeah, five and a half, seven passes defensed, one interception. And I think the interceptions actually might be higher so than six, that. Six breakups, one interception. Yeah. Okay. But I but I wanted to since that was those were just kind of nice clean numbers as far like they're there. So I just wanted to say like he will have the same production as the group did last year, if not more. So that would be the basement for me for Xavier Watts. So that's my first one. My second one is that Ben Minnick will be the fourth safety by the end of the year. Okay. And I think it can happen much sooner than later. Well, I guess I'm hedging my bet by saying by the end of the year, but I I think not only will he be the fourth safety, but he'll, he'll be playing as the fourth safety because you, you had mentioned earlier about, you know, they could just stick with three, you know, and that kind of be the rotation, you know, that kind of a thing. I, I'm saying he'll be four, but he'll be part of a rotation. Like he'll be in the game making plays, you know, that kind of a thing. So uh, I guess I don't know if that's bold or not, but taking a true freshman and saying not he'll be really. part of it over some of the guys that could be in that four hole. That's my bold. I mean, it's really just one guy to be Antonio Carter. Really? True. True. So 
You went a little soft on that last bowl. All time. right. Fair enough. Idea. I'm going <laughs> to add a little bit of salt to the wound here, Vince. Okay. I just looked this up too. They only had one forced fumble from the safeties. Man. That's so that bad. That is an, a crazy lack of on-ball production. And and so, But the thing is, like, these stats are terrible. I mean, uh, let's call it what it is. These stats are terrible. Yeah. But the safeties weren't terrible. You know what I mean? They, they they weren't great, obviously. I mean, the stats don't lie, but they weren't terrible. So it's like they would have I almost feel like they should have lucked into some better stats than this just based on the way that they played, but they just didn't make right. plays last year. They were just kind of there. Right. Yeah. Uh, they they've got I mean, it's gotta be my bold prediction is I'm just and it's gonna be very bold. They're gonna triple their 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 on ball production. Uh, in the past, their past game on ball production. Okay. So breakups and interceptions. I'm not going to go tackles for loss. It's possible. Sure. But that's not what I care as much about. I don't, they don't right. need 15 tackles for loss. Right. I don't need that. Right. right. Like right. if they go from five to eight or nine, that's a really good jump. You know, uh, just the way that they're used, they don't, they don't need 15. But the, 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 the on ball production, the pass game, breakups, passes, defense, that to me needs to get right. a lot better. And my right. prediction is they're going to triple that. Okay. That's that. I'll be honest with you. That bull prediction is the most wishing upon a star, hoping that it happens bold prediction than the others. Like the others are like, Hey, I think that's possible. Sure. This one's more of like, man, I hope that that comes true. It's more sure. wishful thinking than it is a bold prediction. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah. Cause they need it. They, they need it. Um, I don't really have another bold prediction for this unit. I, I'm going to be honest with the events because it's just one of those things where it's like, and this is where I'm sympathetic. I'm busting your chops. I'm sympathathetic to your second bowl prediction. Cause you're like, right. what else? I was having it, trouble just, coming up. They were so one. just bleh, last yeah. year that just, it's like, okay, I, I just want them to be good. I don't even yeah. care about them being phenomenal. I just want them to be good. I, I it, it, part of me wanted to be like, if Xavier Watts has the kind of breakout season he, that we think he has, he could be an all American kind of like I do with JD Bertrand. Sure. But I don't think he's going to have enough recognition from right. the ways that you need recognition to be an All-American. Because here's, let's be honest about this, folks. Being an All-American is not always about being one of the best your position. Right. It's, it's name wreck. Bingo. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. I, you know, it's so funny. Unless he'd have to do it in like, okay, he has a pick six against, like if Benjamin Morrison doesn't return that interception against Clemson for a touchdown, does he really get the recognition that he should have? Sure. Probably exactly. Not. Because that was the big time, big time moment. That's the one everybody saw over and over again on Twitter. And sure, you know, it's like those are some of the different ways that these decisions are announced. It, it, um, it's funny that you mentioned that, Brian, because I thought the same thing. I was like, well, do I want to say that he's going to be an All American? Like, do I really want to go down that road? And this is the one time I've ever found myself not wishing because I don't want people to fly off the freeway while they're driving and listening to this. If Notre Dame was in a conference, I would say that he was going to be an all-conference player. But yeah. I wasn't ready to say that he's going to be an all-American. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think he's going to be really good, and I think he would get conference recognition if Notre Dame was in a conference. But I don't know that he's going to ha- be able to get enough recognition to be an all-American, and so that's why I didn't go down that road. If they were in a conference, I would have said, Xavier Watson be a first-team all-conference player. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, for that exact reason that you said. Yeah, I, I dig that. I dig that. It's just going to be – it's going to be um, – it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, Vince. I'm just – it's like the position of all the positions. I'm, 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 I am mean, that I'm literally kind of speechless. And for me, you know, that's hard. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, 
yeah, you're like, man, we need to talk about safeties more often. Words <laughs> <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> my wife does that for for me already. Don't yeah, uh, it's just it's just such an I, an un, I just don't know what to think about it. I, I sure. really don't. Sure. I just I don't know what to think about it. So it's just it's going to be solid. That's all I can say. Will mm-hmm. it be better than that? You know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, well, guess what, everybody? That is going to do it for this part of the podcast, our breakdown of the safety. Because don't go anywhere because we do have a mailbag coming up. But before we get to the mailbag, make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, share with your family and friends, jump on the boards. We, Brian told me before we even started today, already six new board members today come on man jump on the train if we've had any sign up since we started the show i don't believe we have i didn't see any emails from it no we have not there, there's nothing i stopping did get yet. a new uh, house uh thing vince five, <laughs> okay, five bedroom house i can send your way okay sounds good might yeah, be a little bit out of, out of our both of our price ranges well, but hey oh boy it's, it's fun to look good it's always fun yeah. to dream <laughs> so so, uh, so at, you know, again, that notification bell is key, folks, because we do have a show scheduled for Saturday. You might forget if you've got that notification it bell. It is a normal team clicked. show. Correct. It is not a special show. That is correct. And anybody it, start it, thinking that there's something more to it than there is. We are, we are breaking down our final position group on Saturday, which is the tight end position. So make sure you tune in on a nice Saturday afternoon. That is our plan. So make sure you hit that notification bell so that you know. But... We are going to, like I said, stick around because we're going to jump into the mailbag in just one moment. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.